We're back for another episode of the podcast, our kind of uh, what we're calling our, our uh, final episode of the work from home mode, which is ironic because we're still working from home. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, we're coming up on, uh, I think probably by the time this gets posted, we'll be close to like the seven month mark since we like started working from home. What do you think about that? Oh man, it's a long time. The different stages in uh, working from home from shock, disbelief, uh, with even a little bit of excitement with the novelty of it, through to what I'd call the uh, the optimization period where you make sure you're like, okay, this will be more than a few weeks. Let's improve the internet, get the better webcam, etc. I think now... I would characterize this as maybe the doldrums. Uh, that's on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, but I think the personal level is is crosses over to the agency level, where the I think you have that kind of that that first wave, um, you know, kind of March to um, say May or or June, which kind of coincided with like a reopening of um, some parts of society and life like that was kind of a a honeymoon period i think like it was different um different different having the whole agency work from home um different the impact of yeah culture and people's like work-life balance i think that's all been phase one was all about kind of learning to deal with that and then i think the major lesson in that first phase was like lo and behold um, you can still get stuff done, I think has been the, the headline for, for most people. And I think that second period, that sort of between, say, say maybe like mid-May to um, maybe the, the end of summer um, was an interesting one because there was lots of distractions. There was summer. <laughs> yes. I've, and I think people had that kind of release of being outside because of the rules kind of lessening up. There was tons of stuff in, in our industry, like from not just our industry, but I, I kind of think of it through a lens of like what we deal with day to day. There's the the Black Lives Matter protests that we talked about in previous episode and the kind of like sort of cultural um, societal moves. There was... Uh, boycotts against Facebook. Um, there's been further kind of like action from Facebook. There's been like lots of changes in the industry in terms of <laughs> will they or won't they uh, have uh, TikTok in uh, America <laughs> after uh, this week or not. Um, so I think like lots of stuff in the middle kind of distracted us from that the fact that we were still mostly working from home and, and like, I guess a question before we kind of talk about the what's to come, but what do you think the kind of, if you could describe how you think the agency um, has handled it all, like as a group, um, mm-hmm. what, what do you think we, we managed that first six months? Yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, I guess I think about this in a couple different ways. And, and first, 
when I think about our clients and they all were affected in different ways and no one was unaffected, uh, it's just been great to see um, how they've rallied, stepped up and, and really persevered. a source of inspiration and i you know i don't mean that to sound like a hallmark card or anything it's it's true and i and i think that's been been really cool and i and i think our team or the agency and staff have have uh probably fed off that uh as well and you know we've we've really learned we've tested the strength of our metal we've we've seen what we're made of and i i think we've done uh incredibly i think importantly uh in many ways the culture is stronger uh than it's than than it's been which which is great and i think we've done more to define consistently define time where we can get together and talk not about work but just as people and that would happen more naturally versus during a lot of times at the office it's been cool to see uh how that's worked so yeah i'm really i'm yeah i'm proud of the way that we've weathered it yeah i mean that's a that's a i i I think those two highlights the the empathy for the clients um like i definitely think feeds the the team the culture has been fascinating because you'll you'll be on a, a kind of optional end of day zoom round table with whoever shows up and you learn some fascinating things about what people are up to or how they've kind of upgraded their workspace or how their cats are doing. And it's, that, that's been kind of uh, an interesting play because you don't always get those one-on-one kind of moments with everyone on the team. Um, and we had some wonderful guests for some of our Zooms through the magical world of Cameo. We really went down our deep wormhole of of celebrity uh, guest appearances in some of our Zooms, which was a lot of fun. Totally, and 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 you know, you know, hats off to you, uh, Jackson, for for spearheading the cameo movement within Pound and Grain. But I think it, it injected uh, a ton, uh, as you know, we we maybe for some context, we we went through and we kind of did group by group appreciations of the the different uh, disciplines within pound and grain so we would you know let's say celebrate and honor the dev team and the client service team and the creative team and you know having those uh cameo guests come in and it works really well because it was a breath of fresh air for us where maybe we were getting a bit of quiz fatigue (laughs) but at the same time i guess to your point given that all the would they be B-list celebs, C-list? What's, what's the sometimes D-list, depending on um, <laughs> point. I point mean, being, they were all out of work and happy to oblige. So, um, so yeah, we did. It, it worked out. It was a win-win, except for the Hasselhoff. He really phoned it in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Hasselhoff was disappointing. Yeah, not everyone can be Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. <laughs> Except that some of the team didn't know who Sugar Ray was, which was even made it even more funny. I, yes, I know. Uh, I, I'm at risk of not knowing them for being too old. I think yeah. in those cases it was the other way. Um, but I, I'm going to ask you a real personal question, then, Jackson. I, 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 
uh, use Cameo, I sent a friend a message from Flavor Flame, and he hit it out of the park too, and above and beyond. But I was still surprised at the end of the transaction when I was asked if I wanted to tip Flavor Flame. I just thought something funny about me tipping a celebrity. I was like, really? Does he need my gratuity? And just wondering if, if maybe uh, you uh, added any gratuities to any of the cameos that you brought into town, Greg. I should have tipped Sugar Ray because he was amazing, but no, I, I have a strict no tipping philosophy on um, <laughs> cameos. I feel like it's a transaction uh, that, sh- that should be up front. I don't know if like you need to tip uh, Chris Noth uh, from Sex and the City uh, after paying him to uh, um, slur his way through a, a thank you to the team. <laughs> Or a line there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel because because I grew up in the restaurant business, so I'm I I I get that kind of tipping mentality. I think if they're even a D-list celebrity, um, that the, the tipping is. Uh, I mean, probably there's some like lesser known people on there that you know probably if it wasn't a big name celebrity, you wouldn't you you might think twice of like oh they were really good. Here's an extra. 20% or something like that if it was a, a, a cheapo one. But it, that has been kind of has been kind of funny. I found that the only thing about it, and it's really similar to like the UX problem of Netflix, that you spend more time looking for things than you do like getting the enjoyment. Like the Yeah. I would say that like the the hours invested to like pick a cameo for a team is exponential because there's so many considerations. Like, are you wanting them to be funny? Like, will they know them? Is it relevant to them? And then you end up like looking through 20,000 cameos in a course of a couple of weeks time and still not really have a sense of all of the cameos that there could be. And, 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 you know, just to maybe, talk about it in the context of our discussion Ugh, that's like the fourth time i've said context um i i think you know initially we did the zoom meetings and then we put the morning show in with the quiz and then like i said we got quiz fatigue like i've done my i've put, i've made my well you're the quiz you master, had a you had a you had a, quiz, you had a quiz meltdown this week didn't you I don't. I did. I did. I had a, uh, a crisis, but I. And it's just because I don't want to do another quiz. We we've done awesome quizzes. We've done quizzes about quizzes. Just did a choose your own adventure quiz, which still blew my mind. Is still blown over that one. Yeah. And we needed to next level it with cameo, and I'm just like, all right, what's what's going to be next? You know, do we do a murder mystery or how how we 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 have to find ways to reinvent what we could possibly do to keep people uh you know from a morale and cultural perspective it's it's critical and that's so it's it's worth going down your cameo hole and <laughs> seeing every single celebrity but there's i think there's a there's a good amount of pressure on in terms of what we can do next because it's it's uh, damn important a funny story just on quizzes and and such that during that kind of phase one all the way up till um sort of august almost every friday night we somehow got um invited to do 
this like pub style trivia on zoom with a bunch of people all over North America. Like some Fridays there would be 40 or 50 teams on it. And, um, and that the couple who were very sweet um, out of Montreal, you know, as, as the weeks went on, I think we got to like episode 20 of this Friday trivia thing. They had to take a couple of weeks off. They were just exhausted over it. But you know what they did <laughs> is that because they did 20 nights of like all encompassing trivia, all with like PowerPoints and like a Google sheet and like they did innovation of like, sometimes there was like other kind of games they set up a website and now you can book them to do a trivia night for you using all of the <laughs> quiz questions that they developed for this, this thing. Amazing. Which I thought was quite clever uh, that they've done all the legwork uh, entertaining us. Um, so I would imagine that there's probably like a boomlet of people who could um, do like team events on zoom. Zoom to, take the, to take the pressure yeah. off because to your point how many quizzes do you think we've made as a group since the uh pandemic started must be like 150 or so oh yeah easy but i i think like that's been probably not the hardest thing i think that's been the, the most rewarding part is like trying to put the effort in to make sure that like the culture um maintains some semblance of normalcy i don't know if it can be that normal um and i know we've we have a few people since we kind of opened our offices in a limited capacity in, in sort of mid-july um have some of that face-to-face -face and it, it has been been a, a welcome addition to it but not everyone's quite back for that um maybe um instead of talking about our ridiculousness um what do you think the, the the outlook looks like or, or what do you think the next six months looks like for um agency life in in canada or or um weathering the kind of phase two wave two storm that seems to be upon us when i look at our trajectory it was interesting because i think march april that was definitely a slowdown. It, it wasn't like there was still work, but sort of like collectively trying to figure out what's next. And, you know, and then all of a sudden things opened up again and uh, we were incredibly busy uh, and had a busy stretch for the next few months. And I, I'd say definitely there's been a return to normalcy in the more immediate future. You know, I have thought a lot about, well, in the second wave, will the taps be turned off for some? And I, I expect it will, probably not nearly as dramatically as it was initially. But, but I think also, you know, I used to really try to avoid the phrase business as usual because it definitely wasn't. But I think as we've all settled in, I don't know, I guess humanity can normalize anything. And I think this is that new normal. So I do expect things will continue more than they had in the past, even if there is more more of a lockdown. And, and I think also from a digital perspective, as brands and retailers are pouring a lot more into whether it's true e-commerce or behind the scenes, figuring out a way that they can conduct business online, that's uh that's benefiting us as well because you'll always need to market when you do that yeah so many things that have been uh like so much better from a customer experience perspective because of having to make those 
pivots to do more online or provide services online or like even the little things of like some clients that never had <laughs> online payments and now do uh, mm-hmm. and you're like how did we how did we um navigate that before and how frustrating it was to have to submit a like visa authorization form and scan it with your signature and send that in and then get a receipt all those things you're just like how do how did they think that that was um that was a normal process whereas now you know anything that has trying to cut through those things has been quickly established and kind of moved through that or even some of the I never thought we'd see a return of the QR code um, in a thing beyond um, using it for your uh, flight check-in or something like that. But seeing that on patio tables and actually using it to look at a menu um, has been been kind of bizarre to have thought that there was no real reason to use QR codes until you don't want to touch it. Yeah, and and all these changes that have come about to lessen barrier transactions easier you know it's one of those you can't put the genie back in the bottle type thing i think you know those 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 things are here to stay so that's yeah that's and uh, i think that's kind of the same i feel like that's going to be the struggle i mean kind of timely this week with just the 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 um positive cases spiking um dramatically in ontario and quebec and and you know potentially rolling back I mean in Quebec they're kind of doing a bit of a pause on certain things that had opened up uh, for for 30 days and I'm sure that's going to be something that they consider in Ontario but that sort of idea of the genie out of the bottle like once you kind of have things open it's it, it's definitely hard to go back to that or or tell a, some small businesses that they have to you know, close um, again, because I think that'll be pretty devastating for some sectors. Um, I saw a stat this morning, US-based stat, but given that sports is such a big thing currently with playoffs and stuff like that and football coming back, but I think last year there was 99,000 plus sports bars in the US. And at the this point in 2020, um, they're down to like 66,000, so like 25,000 or something will have closed um, since last year. Um, I presume not all COVID related, but that kind of impact on on the business owners, the staffs, that's that's an intense thing that will have like long-term effects on on kind of getting back or like how a city looks even with with sort of um, empty empty um, storefronts and stuff like that. So I think that's the the phase. I think people are, are sort of in that old um, World War II kind of sense, like keeping calm and carrying on. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I think we've proven that people can, in lots of industries, work from home successfully and keep keep going. There's lots of jobs that just don't do that. Totally. And, and I think, you know, for, for, for me, one of the best, the, the best barometer of, you know, the health of our industry is new business opportunities. And, you know, while it's, there's definitely, and, and, and of course, you know, one can argue that this is a sample size of one agency. It's been nice to see that there is a flow of opportunities that's pretty much persisted and is, is definitely uh, been picking up in the last few months, and it's it's still 
I would argue, not what it was uh, pre-COVID, but um, but it's nice to see that there are companies out there um, looking to spend uh, to to spend money. So that's been great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not. I mean, exciting is probably not the right word for it, but it's definitely uh, um, feels good that things are kind of moving forward on on lots of. Uh, fronts which is positive do you think there's anything that we've like done that you're really glad that all that we got to do in terms of like how we do things or or how we approach things because of working from home and and communication challenges that we've done differently that you would keep doing forever and i guess the big one is and we've probably discussed this in the past is definitely that mental mindset that we need to be in an office i think you know from from going forward we'll uh we'll definitely be a lot more open to the idea of people working remotely and and i think that's great i think it opens up you know lots of new uh lifestyle opportunities for people and which is going to lead to uh you know happier employees and that that's a great thing so i think you know, to me, that's a huge one. I, you know, the flip side of that is, well, and, and more so in places like New York, but what does that mean when there's less people congregated during the day in offices for the businesses around there? But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by, by that shift uh, in, in particular. And I, you know, even from the perspective of markets, what that means to us. And, you know, while we have Bay Area and uh, New York-based clients and have had, and Europe as well, I, I'd say there's a lot more opportunity in different geographies. It's kind of blown the doors wide open on that as well. So that's exciting to me too. Yeah, I think that that's the, all those one, that one is, is particularly um, for sure. I think the other one for me, um, I think, I think we did like a, a much better job, um, as an organization, um, keeping the team in the loop on developments and kind of where we were at. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it, it seemed easier to be able to schedule people for a zoom and, and bring them all together and, and not, wait for a big, um, you know, in-person event and just do regular updates, which we should probably pencil another one in um, soon. But um, I think that's been really great because you've, you, I mean, you in particular have, have done some good um, addresses to the, to the Pounding Grain Nation, sort of like, like FDR, Fireside Chats. And uh, I think they've been well-received. I think that was... Um, a huge development that I hope we keep keep going um, after all this is done. For yeah, sure. for sure. That's a, that, that's a great point. Uh, any other words of wisdom to share with the audience? You know, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this. These are not uh, the words of a visionary, but I've been thinking a lot about the different tools. And, you know, the gone are the days of playing with the Zoom back grounds but are there anything are there any interesting things that could be done to how uh, video conferencing is done i mean you and i were chatting earlier and you're talking about you know how can you if you're double booked is there a way you could be in two zoom meetings at 
the, at the same time. And I, when I think back of the different things we've tried, I think there's been more comically bad ones. Like I, I remember Graham had you and I set up with him on this thing where we're constantly connected to each other, but it kind of only uh, brings focus if, like, there's, if it's like a motion sensor. So if I sneezed or something, then you'd see a video of me. And that was just... That was creepy and wrong. So he was that at the beginning. That was that at the beginning yeah. of this? Yes. Oh, Graham was very enthusiastic about that one. It was going to be a game. It was yeah. We were going to have a portal to each other for the whole for exactly. all day long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh not God. happening. Um, and and then, but I I've been trying to get uh, people into. Uh, it's called Mm-hmm. Or I think that's how you say it. It's like a few M's and H and then a few more M's, and that's a Zoom plugin where. You know, it puts your presentation almost like you're a newscaster and you could have co-hosts and I want to play it with that one. And maybe that's the way that we can make presentations more compelling. But uh, so I, you know, whether it's professional Zoom facilitators or different software, I think it'll be interesting to see where there could be presentation there. Uh, but I don't know what that looks like. A pro Zoom uh, host for hire sounds like yes. something that, like, <laughs> some days I would pay money for. <laughs> no doubt. Zoom concierge service. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still okay with. I mean, I, I, I think I'm still okay with with uh, the amount of video conferencing um, most days. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think if there was not Zoom. Um, or the equivalent, it would have been a, a very challenging six and a half months for sure. Well, that's a good little uh, way to, to stop this kind of portion of uh, the recording. And um, yeah, good, good few episodes, a little mini series. Thanks, Andy. All right. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks, Jackson.